Hello and welcome to episode number 81 of The Heart of Teaching. I'm Nathan Rivers, and today's episode is entitled Chasing the Dream. If you know anybody in the community that's making a difference, send us a DM on Instagram. We'll shout them out in an upcoming episode and explain their impact on the community. Balding for Dollars is an organization focused on helping kids battling cancer, their families, and their loved ones. Brianna Lair is going to shave her head if she raises $25,000 before May 1st. If you're interested in donating and helping this amazing cause, the link to donate can be found on our Instagram, which is located in the episode description. The Heart of Teaching proudly supports Mom Stop the Harm. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to The Heart of Teaching. I'm Dave Ruzicki with my student producer and my great friend Nathan Rivers, and thanks for joining us. We always enjoy the company. Today, I have a conversation with a former football player of mine, Luke Teske, who actually completed his senior year of high school down south at modern-day Catholic High School in Chula Vista, San Diego, and that's located in Southern California. Now, Luke just had an incredible experience down there, an incredible journey, and that saw himself and the Crusaders win the California State Championship this past year. Now, Luke transferred from my high school down south because, honestly, we weren't sure if we would actually get a football season. And Luke wanted to secure a scholarship for himself, and, of course, he wanted to play football. Well, Luke was able to do that. Luke did receive a full scholarship, and that was at the University of New Hampshire. Luke and I talk about his experience down south, about being 17 in a brand new school and in a brand new country. We talk about the pandemic. We talk about politics, culture, and of course, we talk about high school football. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm sure that you will too. So as Nathan says, please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, Luke. I appreciate it. No problem, Coach. So to give you a bit more context, uh, we've just finished a spaghetti dinner at uh, the Rizicki's house. Luke's coming from uh, California, and um, I was dying to hear about his uh, experiences down south, being a, a state champion, and I thought it'd make an awesome podcast. So all the stuff that I wanted to talk to him about, I thought I'd do a podcast with it, and uh, I think that uh, people will find it interesting as well. All right. First question, Canadian kid going down to San Diego, any culture shock? Oh yeah, big time. So one of the first things that I think would obviously be politics, um, big separation between uh, liberals and conservatives, and it, dep- it can even depend if you're going to be friends with people. Um, it's something that you don't even think about very much in Canada. Like you don't th- uh, worry about if a family's liberal or if they're conservative. It doesn't really affect you in any way. Um, in Canada, I feel like a lot of people, no matter what politics, uh, they vote for their family. Um, everybody lives in correlation. There's no like a big separation. But in the States, I can see that there's huge uh, differences, like there's a big border and almost making people hate each other. Wow. And, um, you noticed that when you first got down there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that you saw a huge division between mm-hmm. Republican and Democrat when you were down there? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So and another big thing was the vaccines on the team. So um, I'd say over 70% of the team last summer wasn't vaccinated. And uh, we also have a huge Republican, I'd say, base on our team. So I think that's a pretty 
interesting um, stat. And I think at the time, almost everybody in Canada, at least my age, was double vaxxed. And it was crazy going from being vaccinated as the norm. Like everybody, if they get an opportunity to get vaccinated, is getting vaccinated to all these anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers. And it was a big culture change of that that's actually a reality all over <clears throat> the states. And California is supposed to be one of the better states with... Progressive. Yeah. Um, with the vaccines compared to somewhere like Texas. So on your football team, you're saying that the majority of the kids were not vaccinated? Yeah, at the beginning. Wow. So how did that make you feel? Um, were you scared at all? or like Personally, I wasn't scared, but I was a little worried for in the season if we had a, a big outbreak or something like that. So that was a big thing. Wow. Because in the schools, like... You know, when, when uh, you and I were together in social studies, we never really, there, there weren't any party lines. You, mm-hmm. you couldn't see any divisions. Yeah. You know, it, we, I mean, we talked politics, obviously, with social mm-hmm. studies and stuff, right? But it, it wasn't a division between kids and stuff. Yeah. So you really found that, huh? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So now, were there any outbreaks during the season at all with your team? So, yeah, there, at the beginning of the season, we had, so the rule with the football was that if you were vaccinated or and had proof and you were exposed, you just had to show your vaccine card to the nurse. And that was for all the schools in San Diego. And you'd be exempt from the quarantine and you would be allowed to play. And if you weren't vaccinated, you would have to quarantine for 14 days. Okay, so let me get this straight. So if you were vaccinated, Mm -hmm. you showed your card, but you tested positive, you, you were still able to if, I don't think it, if it was positive, if you were ex, exposed. Okay, exposed. Yeah, so if somebody, for example, we have seating in the school that's designated seating and we have to sit there so they have contact tracing. And so they know if your person was sitting next to you had COVID, um, they would tell you, they'd send you an email saying, hey, you've been exposed, you need to stay home unless you were vaccinated. Wow. Then you'd be allowed to come back. So with the, with the pandemic... You really saw the politics come out then. Yeah. So how did how did how did that make you feel? Because you're new, Canadian kid goes down there. You're trying to make friends, mm-hmm. and so you just you just sort of flew below, below mm-hmm. the radar, right? You didn't say too much, or yeah, I kept out of it. Um, it came up a couple times. It's kind of friendly, like talks and arguments, but nothing like getting angry at each other. But a couple times it's come up. Yeah. So they knew that you were double vaxxed? Yeah. And my best friend uh, down there, Brian, he's, uh, he's going to Cal Poly for football. He's completely unvaccinated. Um, his mom's an anti-vaxxer, and it's really funny. Like, that's the person I get along with the most. And right. It's and your mom and dad are both doctors, uh-huh. so you're getting the science. Oh, yeah. You're getting the information. Yeah. And you've got people down there that are playing politics as opposed mm-hmm. to playing science. Yeah. Wow. So one thing that started to occur is the outbreaks kept happening is a lot of the guys on the team that were vaxxed were getting frustrated because um, their teammates kept not being able to play. And a lot of guys on the team, like we had some guys that missed almost a month because they'd get exposed. They'd, right as they're coming back, you've been exposed again um, type of thing. So they kept missing and missing. And I'd say... By the end of the season, 90% of our team was vaccinated. Okay. Because it wasn't even about... Politics um, anymore. Yeah. It so, was about 
I'm not going to keep missing football games. And Because you're hurting everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. You're missing some key players. Mm -hmm. And politics aside, you want everyone yeah. to be well and health and be able to play mm -hmm. and contribute, right? Yeah. And you guys had a phenomenal season. Oh, yeah. Wow. Anything else struck you? Culture shock? So if we take COVID out of the equation of stuff, let's say that COVID wasn't was an equation. Mm -hmm. You see anything else? Yeah. I'm fully used to being around everybody uh, being white. And we get down there. I'm half Mexican, but never been around so many Latinos. Yeah. And I'd say out of the 45, 50 people on my team, there's probably five, four white people. So that was something that's, that was new to me. And also my uncle is black and my cousin's mixed. So completely different um, living situation. I'm used to being the majority and now I'm a minority. Minority. On my team. Yeah. Do you see down there, is it really evident that there's a, a line drawn between cultures like race and stuff? Or I don't it's think so. No, I think um, I was surprised how well I was taken into the team and how kind they were. Like uh, first day I was walking into the football stadium, everybody's on the, the stands waiting yeah. for me. And once I get there, everybody's like, Luke's here. And they all came up to greet me and they were all super welcoming and it was a pretty cool experience. That is cool. That is cool. That's something that, you know, you can look back on as mm -hmm. a, you know, a real positive and yeah. stuff. So how far are you from uh, the Mexican border, San Diego? I think I'm a 30 minute drive, just about. Have you crossed the border at all? Have you been to Tijuana? Or? No, I haven't been to TJ yet. No? <laughs> no? Yeah. Wow. So your experience down there so far has just, it's been incredible, right? Mm -hmm. um, difference between U.S. schools and Canadian schools. Remember, you know anything? Can you tell anything different? Yeah, so one big thing is, um, at least at my school, the Catholic schools are super expensive. We're, um, we're talking, I think the school I attend is 20K U.S., and that's one of the cheaper uh, Catholic schools. So this is an independent school, yeah. independent Catholic school. So it's like double, triple the price. And uh, my uncle used to be a football coach, and he said that the school bishops that he used to coach at was like 30K a year. And it's just a crazy price. Now, so when you got down there, mm -hmm. did you have to pay full pop? Did they help you with any of the financials at all? I think we paid pretty close to full pop, but I know there's a lot of the athletes that are on scholarship and stuff like that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So just the cost itself. Yeah. So did you, is there a whole social economic difference then between the schools? You'll see some schools that mm -hmm. obviously are more elite and the other schools, yeah. the public schools wouldn't have yeah. as much. So you're aware yeah. of that. There's a lot of uh, stigmas for some schools, especially the public schools of who goes there and like the stereotypes of who goes to a certain school. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it has to do with social economic conditions oh, too, yeah. which is, yeah, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. One of the biggest schools is the Cathedral Dons. And it's like, as preppy as it comes, powerhouse of San Diego. They won the, I think, Division One AA champ. And they just had huge powerhouse. And my uncle was telling me last year that they played a school called Lincoln, another really good um, big school in San Diego. Lincoln has a lot of black kids. Yeah. And comes from a poor place. And every time that um, Cathedral plays Lincoln, it's a huge game, it's packed. Cathedral, its campus used to be an old university. It's we went there in summer league for seven on sevens. Yeah, it's huge. Like uh, I couldn't believe it was a high school, and it's 
Um, and apparently the whole student section and parents were wearing Catholics versus convicts shirts versus Lincoln. Oh my gosh. And, um, that's about as bad as it's going to get. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. That's not, I mean, so, that would never with our school mm -hmm. because we, uh, you attended St. Thomas more. I teach at St. Thomas more. That would like that. Yeah. The game would stop. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that wouldn't even be part of our culture, right? Yeah, They got banned from playing, I think for a while. But this year, when they came to play, Lincoln um, boycotted the game. They said, we're not playing. Yeah. And all the players on the team kind of took a step back and were like, no, we're not, not going to go into this. And, and everybody was super excited for the game. Like, it's a huge rivalry. Right. And everybody's, like, buying tickets and getting ready to go out. And Lincoln said that they're not going to play. And, wow. Yeah. And you know what we've had? You know, we're not without our thorns up here in Canada. There's no mistake about it. But it, as a teacher, right, like, and as a coach, we don't, we don't see that kind of, yeah. we don't see that kind of challenge with regard to mm -hmm. relationships with kids and stuff. Yeah. Right? So it's for you. And, and I, I know some of it because I've talked about another episode, like I coached down in Southern California as well, just for one summer, but I was in Palm Springs. Yeah. But again, with the Latino, with, with the Mexican kids, mm -hmm. and I'm always treated so well. Yeah. But I was aware of the color, but not the color barrier at times, yeah. but the kids all got along so well. Mm -hmm. But I was identified. I remember walking on the field and kids were talking. They said, you're the only white coach we've got. Yeah. And I never, I never thought of myself. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I never thought color exactly. ever. Exactly. And I thought, I said, you guys see, and he looked, one of the kids looked at me, he goes, we see a white coach, Mr. R. And, we see, and I'm like, I just kind of smiled. He goes, we're all brothers. We're just from different mothers. I remember one of the yeah. kids laughing and I said, well, I'm going to fit in. And I said, I'm going to fit in. So they were, mm -hmm. they were teaching me um, Spanish. And it was, yeah. anyways, it was, a, it was a super positive experience. And everyone blended in. But, you know, as uh, a coach and you as a young man from Canada, it's a whole, like I said, it's a whole mm -hmm. different world down there. I've got to ask you about the sports down there compared to Canada. Yeah. When kids are uh, at your school and stuff, what's the, what's the vibe? What's the, the feeling down there? Like, is it? everything mm -hmm. down the states compared oh, yeah. up in Canada. It's almost like a religion, especially football. Because in Canada, we'd have a couple of the close friends, family members come out to the senior games. Yeah. And stuff like that. In San Diego, or at least in the states, it's, everybody's going to the game. It's, it's expected. Especially if it's a home game at your school, you're coming out. It's always sunny. There's no excuse not to go. It's, it's packed. We have a big arena. Like, um, Everybody goes. It's so what would the attendance be for your game? How many people did you get out? Home game. The lowest we'd ever get is like hundreds. 500 plus lowest. Okay. Um, we had a game that I think was the only game in San Diego. And it was, they said on the news channel that it was 10,000 plus. That's oh what they my said. Wow. Yeah. So we had celebrities there that I didn't even know were there until I saw videos after. And... The bleachers or our uh, seating was completely full, and people were standing over top the seating. Like, and the student section for the other side was packed, and there was huge lines. And my dad said he was in a line for so long, and it's everybody comes out. Everybody loves football. Everybody breathes football. It's wow, and of course, great Friday night lights, mm -hmm. right? Great weather, yeah. you know, yeah. great entertainment. And one big thing was the the way football players are treated. 
um, all the teachers would be like, you had a great game, and they're, they liked the football players. I kind of found in Canada, some of the teachers would kind of stereotype you as like a jock or something like that. And it's not because football isn't a big part, or at least sports aren't as big in Canada. Right. Part of the school. And um, you were kind of praised um, in high school for playing the sport, especially if you were winning. Yeah, I know. I understand what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Sometimes, and uh, unfortunately, and, and it's, 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 it's warranted at times, like certainly in coaching and seeing some football players that made some questionable decisions, but unfortunately, those are, those are individuals. It's not the group, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, um, you know, you have a bad experience with one football player, well, exactly. all football players, right? Yep. Yeah, no, no. Yep. And I know some of my colleagues have had some bad experiences, and yep. unfortunately, it's all football players, and uh, yeah. And that affects, obviously, the, the whole team. What about the other sports there? What about, like, uh, basketball's got to be huge, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, and that's one big thing is that everybody can dunk. Like, we have a game in Canada. I used to play basketball and used to go to the high school games. It'd be super cool if somebody dunked in a game. In the U.S., like, the point guards are dunking. Like, everybody's like, – there's no games that go out without someone throwing it down or athletic plays. And it's, it's a big change of um, – the sport is almost completely different way it's played it's way faster and but for sports they have baseball is a big one they got our school has water polo tennis we got a lot of uh sports that stm for example wouldn't have yeah yeah well i mean you've also got though when you think about it in california mm -hmm. california's population is yeah. same population as canada right yeah so what ends up happening you got a huge audience to draw mm -hmm. upon too and uh, uh How'd you find the teachers down there? Well, you said you like the teachers are really supportive with athletics yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you find any difference between the teachers that you had down in California compared to the teachers that you, you experienced up here at all? Or? That's one thing that I didn't find too different. The yeah. teachers were pretty, pretty much the same. Yeah. Okay. So I got. I should have probably asked you right at the beginning. So you're playing football down there. What are the tiers? Like some people may not be aware of. So here right. in in uh, British Columbia. We've got uh, basically two tiers. We've got AAA, and that's based on um, AAA football is based on the size of the school, and AA obviously is based on the size of the school. Um, so, what ends up happening down there? How many tiers have we got in football down in California? Um, I think it's around nine or ten yeah. if you break it down. So, the highest uh, is open division, and it goes down in numbers. Okay, so open division. Yeah. So kids that go to open division, give me some of the schools in open division down in California. So there's the other school, Modern Day, yeah. which is in Santa Ana. And schools like St. John Bosco, Servite, those are huge schools. That's the, the, the Netflix, right? Yeah. The reality oh, yeah. shows that. that uh, Tons of those kids are from there, yeah. Yeah, wow. Okay, so we were saying before, so those kids that are playing... Uh, for those schools, you said they all, it's like legit, they're all getting like oh, Div yeah. 1 scholarships yeah. and going to big schools? Whole team is on scholarships. Like they're, they've got offers on offers. Like it's, it's like an all-star team, those, those big schools in the open division. Yeah. Wow. And so they, they play each other. Yeah. They don't play down at all. They won't play. No, not too much. No. Okay. Who, do you know who the state champion this past year was for? Uh... I believe it was modern day. Oh, really? Yeah. For open division. Okay, so you got open division, then what happens? What's the next? One we down? got we got division one double A, yeah, and then division one A, and then division two double A, which is what we played in. So you're like four from the top or third from the top? Yeah, third from the top. 
So we're talking about high caliber football. Oh yeah. Wow. Now, once again, you guys won the state championship. Mm -hmm. So you get down there, uh, you're playing football, you don't know anybody. What's a typical school day for you in California playing football? Right. What is it? So during the season, we had morning workouts at 5 a.m., Monday to Thursday. So What's the morning workout consist of? Like, what do you have to do there? Um, we would lift weights. Um, yeah. So we'd get in there like 5, 15, 5, 30-ish and stretch 10 minutes and hit some lighter workout for an hour and a bit. And then I'd drive home, get dressed, go to school. Um, school ends 2.40. We got practice 3.30. We go 3.30 to 6.30. So it's, you get home around seven and I'm going to bed around nine cause I'm getting up at five. So that time I'm doing homework and eating, showering. So it was, it was jam packed the, during the first few days of the week. It's interesting how huh? people, uh, a lot of people that don't know, that's not a shock to me, but a lot of people that don't know football, they assume that it's just, you know, it, it's all the stuff you see on TV, all the glory. They don't realize all the. The, the late late nights you're studying, but the long days with the football. I mean, it's a job. You're yeah. basically doing yeah. a job. So you, it's got to be a passion for you, mm -hmm. right? Wow. And so Fridays are the games. Yeah. Do you get a day off? Yeah, Saturdays we had off. Same. Yeah, we had the weekends off. Sunday, Sunday too? Yeah, Saturdays, although we would watch film as a team. Okay. Usually on Zoom, something like that. Yeah. But that's what we would do. And then Sunday, any practice? No? No. That day was rest. A, the full rest day, yep. Cool, cool. What do practices consist of? What's a practice like? First 30 minutes, 15 minutes, we'd do a big stretch as a team, yep. break out five lines, and that was kind of the time to talk with your teammates and but get your stretches done, get warmed up. Got to ask you, do you have any music when you guys were doing stretches? When I was in Southern California, they had the speakers blasting yeah. music and, and especially, stuff. Like especially after coming off a good win. And they put the music on the oh, field? Yeah. yeah, we'd put the, we'd bring the speaker out and have the music. Yeah. So you warmed up to all the music and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Okay, so you do the stretching, then what ends up happening? Then we break out into a huddle, little coat and a pep talk from the coach, and then we break off individuals. Um, we have, that's another big thing. We had coaches for every position. So I think we had like 11, 7 to 11 coaches on the team, which is, like, Unheard of. Yeah. Well, it isn't. I mean, when I was this past season, we had a ton of coaches, but they were uh, they were all volunteer. Mm -hmm. Certainly, no one was paid. Yeah. And um, you know, a lot of them did not have as much experience as some of the other coaches. Right. But the guys you have are like all prepped and ready to roll. Oh like yeah. These guys, ex NFL guys, yeah. guys that have played in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, one big thing that we uh, we had before practice, since it, we ended school at two forty. And we didn't start practice till three thirty. We had uh, like a trainer. We had his name's Trainer Paul, so we called him TP. And he has a full um, um, lab for training. So he's got the bench and the tapes and everything. He'd tape almost everybody before practice. That's a treatment most of us would only get before games. Yeah. And everybody's getting fully treated and taped up full, I'm talking full like leg tapes for shin splints, um, athletic tape on the shoulders, everything, ice baths. We had, he has all the equipment in his room and then he comes down during the practices and has like massage guns 
um, all the tape at the practice. So wow. we're, all, we're all ready to go at practice. We're not um, free-balling anything. And that's how we prevented a lot of injuries. And that was a, a big part. Wow. So that's almost like a semi-pro. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like a, not even semi, it's like a pro team, but in a different league. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are treated like you're professional yeah. athletes. Yeah. But the expectation as well is mm-hmm. you need to be there. Yeah. So what if someone doesn't uh, fit in? Like someone decides to buck the system. What's the, is there like a three-strike rule for them in the route? Or does the coach just say, you know what, I guess it depends on what kind of athlete and how important they are. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a double standard? Do you ever see any double standards where you get the... For sure. You think so, huh? Yeah, our coach would always say that he's um, he's not loyal to us. He's loyal to all of us. And if you would miss practice, something like that, the next guy's up. So we so, had we had a ton of studs on the team. And if you skip practice or we're slacking, like there isn't there's a good next guy up that will take your spot. So in a sense, well, I mean, I just you just answered the question, and really. There was one standard, right? Mm-hmm. Realistically, yeah. coach set the the rules, oh, yeah. and one set of rules for everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's easier said than done, right? Yeah. You get a coach that says, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm going to uh, you know bring the hammer down on anyone that doesn't show up. Yeah. And some poor kid that may be not seen as much time doesn't show up quite on time, and he's punished. But the yeah. the kid that's the elite athlete will be given a second chance, which is right. so unfair, right? Right. So this coach is like, uh, right, yeah. I like that. Yeah, like that. Okay, so how long is practice again? How many hours? Two and a half hours usually. Okay. Do you hit? Because up here we're there's a lot of sometimes, contact. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. A lot. A lot more than what we do in Canada, at least. Mm. What would be the different, biggest difference between the program that you are now in? You probably answered it already. What's the biggest difference between the program you're now in and the program you came from? Football players. Everybody on the team is a football player who's been playing since they were six, seven. They've grown up in a football household. That's the sport they breathe, and they, they're they there to play football. Like, um, it's like a factory. Yeah. A lot of the kids in from Canada played football so they could say that they were part of a team. Right. Or, or it was their first time playing in right. high school. Yeah. Um, and we had a lot of people that were dedicated um, in the U.S., they really wanted to succeed and get better. Um, a, a ton of the guys are trying to compete for offers, so they are really working at practice and they want to win and succeed. Well, in Canada, there wasn't too much I know that they're trying to accomplish. You're talking about scholarships and stuff. Yeah, kids. Kids often will play in the community. They'll play. Uh, they'll play for the love of the game, and it's fun. Yeah. yeah. As I said before, it's almost like a business down there, oh, yeah. putting out the factory, right? It's not that serious in Canada for a lot of the guys that aren't dedicated. It's right. It's, like it's a game to them. It's well, if we lost, it's it sucks, but it's not the end of the world type of thing. It's, and down there, you find yeah, it's like those guys can't sleep days before the game. Like they're up, just thinking about game day, and they they breathe <sighs> football. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And and you know what? I'll be honest. Like from a teaching perspective. And possibly as a parent too, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, I don't know if sometimes that's healthy though too, yeah. right? The kids get all wound up. Oh yeah. And you're still a kid. How old mm-hmm. are you right now? 17. Yeah, man. So 17, your world revolves around football, mm-hmm. but it's like if something goes sideways or whatever, yeah, it still has to be a game at some point. Right. Right. It's as much as we say it's life, but it still has to be a game. You have to put yeah. it on a shelf and yeah. move forward in life and enjoy life as right. opposed. Wow. Whole different mentality than for mm-hmm. sure. 
But then for these coaches that are down there, they're getting paid to coach. I believe some of them. Yeah. yeah. Your head yeah. coaches would be getting paid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your head coach definitely would be getting paid. Is he, he's, is he a teacher in the school as well? Uh, yeah. He works in the office, I'm pretty sure. Like, okay. Uh, admissions yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like you said before, it's, it's a totally different world. Talk about the run to the championship. So how does that work? So we started off with a exhibition game. And yeah. I think we're playing a really mediocre lower level team. And I think we won by three. Really? Yeah. So you didn't blow them out. We, we thought we were a lot better than we were when we started out. Yeah. Um, we just had a bunch of athletes on the team. And one big thing with the, the school in the States is that kids transfer for football. And it happens almost every year. Like you'll have five, ten guys transfer into your program. That's unheard of in Canada. Like everybody's moving around. It's almost like a, They're allowed to move around? Like isn't there like they have to wait a yeah, year or anything? So there's a you don't have to wait a year, you just have to miss six games out of the season. If How you, many games in your season? Um I believe we had we would have had ten games if it was with without COVID missing any of our games. Okay. So they miss a ton of games then, yeah. right? That, yeah. There's a penalty for that. Mm-hmm. They still transfer. Mm-hmm. So the boys that transferred in this past yeah. year, they all uh, they all had to miss a bunch of games. Um, most of them transferred. Um, the following year? Like the past year? Yeah. Okay, so they were eligible. So they for... only missed the spring. So they barely missed any games anyways. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Okay, so you play... First game, mm-hmm. you win, but it's ugly. Yeah. So what has happened from that point on? I think the team started to lock in. That's a saying we would say, and started getting it together and focusing on making this run. We we knew we had something special from the beginning. Um, a lot of these guys said that the the missing piece was the defensive line and offensive line because we had just depth for our receivers and skill positions. We had, I think we have. Now on the team, eight Division One receivers. So we had Division One receivers that weren't starting. Wow. So we're talking about crazy talent. Yeah. Crazy talent. So my uncle was picking around and trying to choose a school, and he saw that this school didn't have another defensive end. We had a pretty good defensive end on the left side. So that's why I came in, and that's why I came to Modern Day. Wow. So, so you started every game? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what happens after that? So you win your uh, you win that game, mm-hmm. then you go on a winning streak. Yeah. How many so how many games did you end up playing before you started playoffs? Eight. Okay. Yeah. It was eight games in a ten game season. Two of them got cancelled because of COVID. Yeah. So what happens when they cancel the games? Is it just like a, a draw or yeah. do you replay them? You don't replay them or what? So yeah, it was it was a draw. So we're coming into our fourth week, we're four and and we're playing a really good school, uh, Helix. That's where Reggie Bush went to school. Okay. So prestigious school for football. And there's a good rivalry. One of our best receivers is from Helix and he just transferred. So everybody's everybody's like, modern day hasn't been tried yet. This is this is gonna show if they're the real deal or not. It's a really good school. It's we were playing Division three during the season, and they were a Division one school. Okay. And season the the game comes around, and we have 
70% of our team out because of COVID. So they call off the game. And everybody is saying that because you don't get a loss, your, your record doesn't go 4-1 and one if you have to cancel because of COVID. It goes 4-0 and oh, and you just don't have as many wins. Okay. Everybody's saying that we pulled out and that we just said that we had COVID so we didn't have to play them because then it wouldn't affect our record. Wow. Yeah. So, and they are just talking up. So we advance, we keep doing our thing and we keep winning. Um, we end up 8-0 before playoffs. And you make a run. Yeah. So we were a little worried because there were some rules about you need a certain amount of games to win. And we only had eight, and I think the requirement was nine. So there was a chance that we didn't go to playoffs because the last team we were going to play, super weak team. And they just had a COVID outbreak. They could have played, but I think they were one and nine or oh and nine or something like right. that. And they're about to go against a team that's 9-0. and And they're like, you know what? It's not we're, worth it. we're hanging it up. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, as a coach, I would get that too. Yeah, yeah. Getting away from injuries, kids are sick. Yeah. But that affected your record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we ended up regular season 8-0. and And we're heading into playoffs. And we make a pretty good run yeah, in the playoffs. I'd and say you make a heck of a run. So to us, everybody, like the fans game was our semifinal game. It was the Southern California Championship. It was the game before state. And that's the game that we had in San Diego. So we were the only team left that was playing in San Diego. Wow. And it, this is in late November? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And the, the team that we're playing is Helix, the team that we skipped out on. Oh, talk about a drama, huh? Yeah. Talk about a setup. Yeah. Eventually, that was a hot so, ticket in town. Yeah. So the game before is what they call the CIF championship. So you get a trophy if you win CIF. So we ended up with the three trophies. So CIF, we were Division Three champs. Yeah. Helix was Division One champs for CIF. That's like the all region. That's San Diego. It's like the county. Yeah. So we're taking a big jump up to Division One. And we're the only game in San Diego. Everybody comes out. Everybody's ready for this. Everybody's. How many people at the game? Do you know? Yeah, I think it close to 10,000. I've just never seen a game that packed at high school. It was televised. Oh, yeah. It was more packed than the state championship. It was. Is that oh, right? Huh? Yeah. And. The amount of photographers and everything, it was... Dad come down for the game? Oh, yeah. And it was loud. That's the first time the game's been loud. Like, the quarterback couldn't hear the plays kind of thing. It was... Everybody's screaming. And their whole team at Helix uh, was this running back, Christian Washington. He's um, going to be playing at New Mexico next year. Yeah. Incredible. Stud, Nick. He... The second he got free, he... He could move and he could break tackles. He, I think he's 5'10", probably around 200, and he was strong and fast. Special. Oh, yeah. Like, but we knew that he played both ways because their team wasn't very good without him. They had some good secondary, but he played safety and then he played running back. And that he, I don't think I pass rushed once that game because it was we're, – we're playing the run. It, if they pass on us, oh, well. Like, we got to defend the run and – the second he broke free, he'd be open field. Yeah, we start off the game. They get the ball. They score first drive. We've never been down in a game, and everybody's kind of 
feeling like, oh man, this is this is the match. This no. isn't this isn't good. Yeah. And we come back and we score. So we're back into it. And we're feeling ourselves again. They come back and he scores again. And we're like, oh man, like we're we're in a fight. Um, I think we punt for one of the first times in the whole year, the next play or next possession. And they come back and they get a huge 70-yard touchdown on us. Same guy. He's got three touchdowns in the first half. We're like... That's not good. Yeah. We got almost an entire defense playing um, Division One football. Like, they got all offers. Our secondary, we have a sophomore that's got, I think, eight Division One offers in 10th grade. Yeah, wow. Um, so, and you guys have never been down. This kid's yeah, yeah. running the table on you. Yeah. We have... Trey Edwards, he's one of our linebackers. He's um, a five-star recruit. So What does five-star recruit? There's only 32 five-stars for each class, and those are the projected first-round picks. He, he was the number one linebacker in the U.S. for class of 2023. So he's... He's up there. Oh, yeah. Like, I think he's 6'3", 230, 235, same, oh. same height as me, and he moves... And All right, game. You got me on the edge of my seat. Here. Okay, so so you got the game here. So you guys are down now. Mm-hmm. I think we're down two touchdowns. Yeah. Are you, is this going into the half? You're down two touchdowns. No, I think think we get the ball back and we score and we're down one. Yeah. Um, we come back. So okay. So hold on. You're way ahead of me. I got I got to know this. Okay. So you're down one touchdown going into the half. What does the coach say to you in the changing room? What kind of talks is he giving you? That we need to toughen up and this game's not over like um, we got to start working as a team and this guy Christian Washington he's, he's, getting, he's getting tired out he plays both ways and we, we're a passing offense all we do is since we got the skills like we got a line that will keep everybody out and we will just throw fades on you and so we kept this guy running Yeah, he was playing safety I think and he was just running and running and he, our coach knew he's like he's he's gonna get burnt out. He's running every single play on the offense. He's getting tackled and like smashed every play. And he's sprinting on defense. He gets no time off. He plays special teams. The kid had an amazing cardio. But so what'd you do? You just sh- shut him down? Yeah. How did you shut him down? What did you just shut him down? I think we just kept. We started throwing some screens in there, making them start playing the run, and we just kept throwing the ball on them and getting him tired. Yeah, he was just. By the fourth quarter, he was drained. But we hit a field goal, I think, first possession of the third quarter. So we're down four. Um, they come down. I think we get a good stop. And that was our first good stop of the game. So we're, we're feeling the momentum. We get a huge run by one of our running backs. He's a sophomore. He's also um, – his name's Mac. My dad would call him Thunder. Because we have two running backs – um, thunder and lightning. Yeah, thunder and lightning. So <laughs> it's such a football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got that. Go ahead. Our other running back, Nico. He's like five eight, something like that. He just got his first Division one offer. Um, he's super fast and he's tough. Like he'll run through you, but he's a junior. Um, the other running back, Mac. He's a sophomore, like uh, six two, like two twenty. Like he's a big kid, and tenth grader gets the ball. I think one of his first runs, he doesn't get the ball too much because he's um, behind another running yeah. back. And he goes for 65 yards. I think he broke like six tackles, seven tackles. Wow. And I, I told, I tell everybody this, he got probably four or five offers off that one run. It was, I got to show you it. it. 
it was like amazing yeah like the beast quake in seattle like, it was like that <laughs> really was like oh. and that was the big change like that was when we started like wow everybody was like riled firing all yeah, the everybody was all like, cylinders yeah. so i think at that point we're up three and we go into the fourth no scoring until the end and so they're on their last drive and they're driving down the field and they're coming yeah, they're within our 30. So they're in the red zone. They're yeah. Two minutes, one minute left on the clock. Oh. And this is when it got loud. Everybody's on the feet. Like, everybody's just Talk about that. Nail biter, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, they're trying to run in the ball on us. And we're getting some good stops. And their running back got out. Or their quarterback. I, I missed a tackle. Um, he rolled out. I dove. And I hit his leg. And he caught himself. And got the first, something like that. And so they're on our 20 and we're, it's like the season's right here. Yeah. So we knew if we stopped them, it's game. Like, yeah. um, we get two good stops, third down, I think it's third and five. Um, they run a counter. They're running back Christian Washington bounces outside and I blow up the puller and I um, break off and I dive like shoelace tackle. This is a thick running back. He doesn't get taken down. And I just had him right by the shoelace. And he just tripped midair and ate it. And there was no one else. We were blitzing. Nobody else outside. He would have gone to touch that. 100%. And everybody, I have a good video of that one too, of everybody just gets up in my face and it's like, fired up. Yeah, yeah. So, That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got no support. Like yeah. if no one's coming in to, to fill. Yeah. And you're there. Wow. And, that be the highlight of your uh, maybe career as a high school player? That one Probably. single play? Yeah. Okay, and so now what happens? Fourth down? Fourth, fourth down, down about four or five? Yeah. So what happens now? I think there's 40 seconds left. So they're in field goal range. This is like movie stuff. We go yeah. ahead. Okay, field they're goal range? Field goal Th range. It'll tie it up. Yeah. Okay. But they call it their last timeout, and they're going for it. And um, They got a kicker? No. Uh, no. Okay, so that makes they go it. for it, but a thirty-yarder, forty-yarder in the U.S. is our everybody's kickers are doing that. It's automatic, and so the coach went for it. Yeah, so pretty gutsy call. Like that was the loudest I've ever heard. Like everybody's on their feet. Everybody's the the ball gets snapped and everybody goes quiet, and they run some quick uh, quick hitches and. Our sophomore corner, Buxton, makes a diving like tip yeah. and breaks up the pass. And we, we knew it was over the second he hit that. That was, it. was an amazing play. Like, just locked him up. And at that moment, we knew we run. Like, everybody ran onto the field. It was, that was like. If you could bottle up that emotion on that, oh, man. that you could sell it, we'd be billionaires. Mm -hmm. I explained it to the kids before when we were playing uh, this past season, and our team did so well. But I said to the boys, I go, if you could, uh, if you could duplicate, duplicate this uh, emotion, you'd be billionaires, but you can't. It takes yeah. hard work, mm -hmm. perseverance, the whole concept of team. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so you win the championship. It's crazy. When you get back to school, is there a big thing back in the high school? Yeah. Like, is there a celebration and stuff? Oh, yeah. They, the first thing that we heard about is our principal got offered, or <clears throat> our head coach got offered the job as a principal.
yeah. at the school yeah. <laughs> at your school yeah. <laughs> ah, hey well in that case I should be the new uh, principal at St. Thomas More right yeah. wow yeah. are you serious oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. they win a championship and you're there okay yeah. alright did he take the position no. no no he likes he likes what he's doing he said that principal job would be too much to try to be the coach with but cool guy yeah um, so what about celebration of school like you guys get drag through the gym and stuff the pep rally and oh, yeah. all that yeah um, we had a good party with the all the guys after too yeah um, it was a good time yeah that's gotta be a, so that, that'd be an experience of a lifetime those oh, yeah. are those, they're once once in a lifetime mm-hmm. just playing down there is an experience right yeah but yeah. to win the championship and have that kind of experience is I don't know how many people literally have that yeah opportunity yeah. to do that gotta ask you uh, great story. That could be something for Netflix or whatever. And the way you told it too, I'm sitting yeah. here with that guy. This is pretty good. Um, football player, an athlete. You've played for a bunch of different coaches. What do you look for in a coach? What do you think is important for you? What motivates you? Like, so if you've got to have a coach because you're now going to be playing college football, we'll talk about that in a moment. Mm-hmm. What kind of coach do you like playing for? A coach that believes in the player and not only believes in them, but is able to realize that they have a friendship that he also needs to be a coach sometimes and he has to get out of the comfort zone and push the player to be better. He can't leave a player always in a comfort zone. Um, if you leave your players always in comfort zones and never get upset or uh, yeah, get upset with them. Constructive uh, criticism. Yeah, they'll never, they'll never grow. They'll always, so you never want to do a mistake again type of thing with a coach. So you want somebody that's going to push mm-hmm. you. Somebody's yeah. there to support you, but yeah. somebody's going to push you and make you better. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Let's switch gears really quickly. This is a good conversation. Um, recruitment. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you got a, a scholarship offer from New Hampshire. How did that roll? Yeah. Like, they contacted you. They see film. What's the story with that? Yeah. So for recruitment, um, uh, I was on Twitter a ton messaging coaches <clears throat> that don't even follow me back. I, had, I think I went down to the States with... 60 followers on Twitter, and these are all coaches. I think I ended, at the end of the year, about 500, 600. Wow. Yeah, so I had a ton of ton of coaches following so you, back. And I've you, sent, you sent them stuff, oh yeah, right? I sent them hundreds of messages. Um, emails, my dad helped me out. He sent tons of emails. But despite all of that, um, the way that I got the offer from New Hampshire, or at least the look, was one of the teams we played, La Jolla, their coach... Um, was just so genuinely impressed or saw something that he called up one of the coaches which he had good contact with and gave him all my info and that's when the coach I think answered one of my direct messages and reached out to me cool they fly you down yeah so when they fly you down you didn't have to pay for the flight they they pay for everything yeah since it was an official visit yeah um, I think you only get five something like that and so they fly you down. How did they yeah. treat you when you got down there? Oh, it was awesome. We were in a hotel. We were with a couple other the recruits. And you get some hosts, so some of the players on the team. And they just show you around the campus and show you a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Met with the coaches, like the head coach, yeah. all the assistant coaches yeah. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so now you're going to be down there. Um, going to be far from home, so Dad's going to be uh, oh, yeah. a frequent flyer now. Yeah. <laughs> I told your dad, 
you're now you're redshirting your first year. Did they make that official or how did like not how official, does... but uh, it's a good chance. Yeah. Okay. So for some of you that aren't aware, redshirt means that uh, you uh, basically practice with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't dress for games. For home games, you can dress, can't you? I don't. I'm not sure, but now you're allowed to play a certain number of games. Really? I think it's like three games, something like that. Oh, wow. Three or four games. So the whole idea is for yeah. you to get bigger, stronger, and faster yeah. and still preserve your eligibility. Exactly. So you've got another four years. So actually you got five years of football. Exactly. Wow. Excited? Oh, yeah. So when do you go down there? When's uh, the time to start? I can go as early as June 1st. I think I'm going to be heading down around July um, just because of the whole housing and stuff. But they're yeah. doing summer workouts. And the freshmen don't have to be there till end of or end of July. Yeah. In early August. You go, but you're going earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How many? Uh, yeah. How many um, players from your school got scholarships? Do you have any idea? So we were we're a junior heavy team with um, scholarships. The only others, I think we had four seniors, including myself, with uh, offers. My best friend Brian um, yeah. had a. 12 Division One offer, something like that. I committed to Cal Poly, Division One, FCS. Um, uh, the other defensive end, Jason, had a Division One offer to Valparaiso. And our D-tackle has a Division Two offer. Uh, he's playing in Pennsylvania. But our juniors, I think we have 10, 12 guys. Wow. So. It's kids that yeah. play, kids that are playing for your school. Mm-hmm. Their goal ultimately is to make it to... Uh, Major college football. Oh, yeah. That, that's, the, yeah. that's the thing. Play college football. We have three big guys. Um, Trey Edwards, he's our linebacker. Um, Jerry, he's a, one of our top receivers. And Slim. Slim was someone that blew up once he started doing track. He, his first time ever doing track, he's 6'4", I think 180. We call him Slim because he's got no calves. He's super skinny, but he's, he's an athlete. Uh, he ran a 10.8. First time ever trying track, hundred and yeah, and these coaches saw it and they're like, okay, this isn't this isn't an athlete, and he has 15, 16 Division one FBS offers, so huge, huge offers. That's a, that's a great way to sort of uh, move away from the, mm-hmm. the interview in a minute, the track thing because I'm doing track with the football players right now. Yeah, and I keep telling the importance of running, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, just just keep running. Yeah, get get faster. Yeah. You don't get faster by simply weightlifting. you got to get up exactly. on the track and, and run as well. Yeah. Wow. Luke, this has been awesome. Certainly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, and had you over for spaghetti and thought, what an opportunity to, to be able to talk to you. And I thought, you know what, instead of just talking and uh, asking the questions, let's, uh, let's mic it up mm-hmm. and give everyone else the, uh, the same story. It's great. It's been Thanks great a lot. Thank you. Best of luck. Well, that'll be it for another episode, and I'd like to thank Luke once again for his time and his insight and sharing his experiences down south with us at a big-time California high school. And I want to wish him the best of luck at his new home at the University of New Hampshire, and I know he'll be successful there. And hopefully at some point in time, not only we come back with a, a university degree, but an opportunity to play in either the CFL or even the NFL. This is Dave Rizicki with Nathan Rivers. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll both be back next Tuesday. Hopefully you will too. So please take care, be well, and as always, peace. Peace.